Welcome to the Jesus Never Ran podcast for those who think it's okay to believe differently and for those who believe that questions are not the enemy of progress. Hey, before we get going, a couple of words from our sponsors, Rise Nutrition. You can find them at Rise Menominee on Facebook. That's Rise with a Z. And they're all about a healthier, happier life. So let their wellness coaches give you the personal support to help you achieve your wellness goals. After all, that is their mission. And here's the thing, just for Jesus Never Ran listeners, if you go to their Facebook page, you can message them and get a free wellness profile. It's a 20-minute phone conversation, absolutely free for Jesus Never Ran listeners. So check them out today. Also, Infinity Beverages at www.infinitybeverages.com. They will deliver anything you need right to your door. And don't forget that Thursday is buy one, get one for club members if you're in the Eau Claire, Wisconsin area. That's Infinity Beverages at www.infinitybeverages.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Jesus Never Ran, and it is absolutely safe to say happy holidays because Thanksgiving is now behind us. And the next thing on the horizon is Christmas, I guess. So we're going to spend December talking about all things Christmas, but of course, in a unique, wonderful, Jesus never ran way. So today I'm just going to set everything up for us. Just talk about Christmas, talk about kind of my unique perspective surrounding it, and just some factual information that you may or may not know uh, to this point. Next week, we're going to hear from my good friend, Kathy Escobar. She has a Christmas devotional called A Weary World. After that, we're going to hear from Donald Schmidt, who's going to discuss his book called Christmas for Progressive Christians. Two guests that I couldn't be more excited to have on the show. I promised you last week that I would let you know who's coming up in January. So to kick off the new year, the first week of January, going to have one of my favorites again, Brian McLaren, because he is releasing a book called Faith After Doubt. He sent me an advanced copy. I just finished it last week. I'm telling you, this is, I would say, one of the most important books for right now. Everybody needs to read this. So we're going to have Brian on the show the week that that book releases. And then of course, you're all going to go out and get it and read it. And it's going to be just really meaningful and important to all of us. Then we're going to have a, who I would call a progressive pioneer, Spencer Burke on the show. Following that, we're going to have Paula Stone Williams on the show. If you haven't heard of her, you haven't been on TED Talks recently because her talks have, I think, upwards of 5 million views on them. She is a transgender pastor from Colorado and just incredible. One of the best public speakers and interviews you're ever going to hear. So excited to have her on the show as well. Two of my guests in January are going to be releasing books this year. I already told you about Brian McLaren's book, and Paula Stone Williams is also going to be releasing a book. She said she thought it would come out this summer, and it's part memoir, part some other things. 
going to be incredible. I don't have any doubt about it. And I am doing something new this year, and I am going to identify those two books as the Jesus Never Ran books of the year. So we're going to be talking a lot about them throughout the year. Of course, I already mentioned Brian's going to be on the show right at the beginning of January. Paula, after you hear her in January, she's going to be back on the show when her book releases. And then, of course, I'm going to encourage everyone to read those books. But here's another opportunity. I am going to be starting something in January called The Walking Club. This is going to be a great support network for those of you out there who really believe in the mission of Jesus Never Ran to talk about these hard issues, to promote progressive Christianity. And anybody that signs up for The Walking Club will get a free copy of both those books when they come out. In addition to that, they'll also get some highlighted Zoom call interviews. You'll get the video interviews unedited that I do with some incredible guests. So you get to see the behind the scenes. You get to see their eyes as they're talking. Just going to be an incredible experience for everybody that signs up. So if you want to be a part of the walking club, you can go to the website at JesusNeverRan.com. Right on the homepage, just click sign up for the walking club and we will get you in. And of course, it supports the work that we're doing here at Jesus Never Ran. And we do have some new projects coming up this year. We're going to add some video to our webpage and upload it on YouTube. And what those videos are going to be, there's some really key issues, obviously, that we're wrestling with on this podcast. And as Christians that are, are just doubting and thinking, there's certain things like the Bible, the inerrancy of the Bible, heaven and hell, the LGBTQ community. I'm going to take some of those big ones and just sum it up in about a five-minute video. So we're going to start that this year. And then... COVID pending. We'll see how this whole pandemic plays out this year. We are going to be looking at doing some live events. It would be a dream of mine to do the first one this year, but again, that all depends on how the pandemic plays out this year, and I know I, like you, am praying that that thing gets to be in the rearview mirror real soon. So that's all coming up, and again, I encourage you to go to the website, JesusNeverRan.com, and you can sign up to be a part of the walking club that would mean the world to me. So thank you in advance for that. Whether you sign up or whether you don't sign up, I'm so thankful for you to be a part of this community and this conversation as we continue forward. All right, so Christmas, here we go. I find it extremely interesting that we celebrate Christmas on a day that Jesus most certainly was not born. And here's why I find it interesting, and I'll get into this in a little bit. I find it interesting because it's pretty common knowledge if you look into this. I mean, you don't have to do too much of a Google search to figure out that this is the case. But I find it interesting that people who I would call like the gatekeepers of evangelical Christianity don't have a problem with this. You know, so many times the evangelical world and the Christian world cares so much about believing the right way and interpreting the Bible exactly the right way. Yet it comes to Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus on a day when he wasn't born and nobody seems to care one bit. 
whatever. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But the reason that we know that Jesus wasn't actually born on the 25th of December is because when you read through the Bible and you see what's going on during the time when it says that Jesus was born, specifically with what the shepherds were doing, we can see that what they were doing would not be something that they would have been doing in December. It just was not the way things were done. Much more likely, the birth of Jesus happened sometime in the fall. A lot of people assume maybe it was late September, early October. For those of you who kind of know this story or have heard me talk about it before, just fast forward a little ways or just listen in for a recap. For those of you who this is brand new knowledge, I'm so excited because you get to hear where it comes from. So why do we celebrate Christmas on December 25th? Here's the thing. It was an attempt to convert pagans to Christianity in Rome. So in Rome, where the idea of Christmas originated, originally Christ Mass, those of you who grew up Catholic know what a Mass is. It's our worship service and focused on Christ. So Christmas comes from Christ Mass, which I don't think is going to blow anybody out of the water. But we know currently that the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year, arrives on December 21st. Back then, so this is around 2-300 AD, back then, pagans in Rome believed that day to be on December 25th. Leading up to this really important pagan holiday of the winter solstice was a festival called Saturnalia. And this was a festival that lasted a number of days, and it was in honor of the pagan god Saturn, which you probably could assume by the name of it. Now, one of the unique things about the god Saturn is that he was known for eating little children. That's fun. And believe it or not, and this is a little fact that you can take to the bank or talk about around your Christmas table this year, but this is where gingerbread cookies come from. Because during this festival, pagan people in Rome would bake little cookies that looked like little babies, and then they would eat them in honor of the god that would eat babies. Fun, right? <laughs> this is also where Christmas caroling comes from. It originates around this exact same pagan holiday, Saturnalia, and the only difference is that most people were really, really drunk when they started going from house to house and singing. But it is arguably where our current idea of Christmas caroling comes from. Lovely, right? Let's honor a God that eats children and go around drunk singing at people's doors. <laughs> so fun. Okay, so this is the foundation upon which December 25th as being Christmas was born. Christianity really came into Rome as like the national religion around this same time. 300 AD, somewhere in that ballpark, okay? You could argue the exact time frame, but when we look at it and you look at what Constantine did, it's around the same time period that I'm talking about. Obviously, Rome was a largely pagan culture at the time. And so the idea of convincing a Roman pagan to change their belief system had some major challenges. And one of those challenges was that these pagan people had no interest in giving up their epic parties, especially their epic winter solstice and Saturnalia parties, so that they could change their beliefs and believe in Jesus. So as the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. 
And so what Christians did is they just grabbed the holiday, the winter solstice and Saturnalia, and they just changed them up a little bit and made them their own. It's kind of like when I was growing up, you guys remember Weird Al Yankovic? He's still around to this day, but when I was growing up, the dude was huge. And what he would do is he would take modern songs that everybody knew and he would change the words in order to make people laugh. Well, same idea here. Keep the idea of what's going on during these pagan holidays. Change the lyrics a little bit. Bada boom, bada bing, you have the Christian season and holiday of Christmas. Dun, dun, dun. All right, before you shut off this episode because you think I'm one of those guys who doesn't think we should celebrate Christmas, put on the pause button for just one second. Not literally on the podcast, but in your desire to want to shut this off because I love Christmas. I love everything about it, and I am not for one second advocating that we shouldn't celebrate it. The day after Thanksgiving, my family always goes out. We get our Christmas tree. We had a blast doing it this year. We decorate the house. Again, did that this last week. We've got lights all over our house. I'm pumped for Christmas. I'm just ready for some Christmas magic around this place, and I'm sure a lot of you are as well. So I'm not that guy who's going to get on his high horse and say, this is a pagan holiday, so we as Christians should not celebrate it. Not at all. Here's the thing. If you want to celebrate me on a day that's not my birthday, you go right ahead, and I'm not going to (laughs) complain. Same thing with Jesus. So it's not so much that we want to get rid of something because maybe we're on the wrong day or we just got the date wrong. It's just that we maybe could do ourselves a favor by changing our perspective. Here's what I mean. So much of our celebration of Christmas has to do with how Jesus was born. The whole idea of Mary being a virgin, having to travel to Bethlehem because of the census that was being taken. Of course, there's no room at the inn, so they have to go in this stable or this cave, whatever it was, surrounded by these animals. And then Jesus was born, and then a bunch of people came to visit him. We focus so much of our attention on the what, what happened, and how Jesus was born. So the what and the how. The question that is way more important is the why. To most of us who grew up in a Christian tradition, when somebody would ask us why was Jesus born, we would give some sort of canned answer like, well, Jesus was born because God had to send his son to earth. So that's why we celebrate Christmas. God had to send his son to earth because we're all a bunch of sinners and that son had to grow up and die taking all of our sins on his shoulders so that God's wrath could be poured out on his son and we could all be forgiven. Do you ever just step back and listen to that and think, That sounds crazy, yet that's what I know I have believed the vast majority of my life. So if we're not going to completely take that on, well then, why was Jesus born? And we're going to dig more into this as this month goes on. But we're going to focus on one specific area regarding the why. For those of you who have been lifelong churchgoers, you don't need me to tell you that the word Emmanuel, which we hear a lot at Christmas time, especially in songs, the word Emmanuel means God with us. That part of the why is the most important part of the why. 
the idea of God being with us still to this day is such a wildly crazy and unique idea. Now, was Jesus really God in the flesh? That's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day, and I promise we will get there at some point on this podcast. But he certainly represents the divine being among us. And that is so important because, like I said, to this day, we really struggle with this construct of God. Both in Christianity and other world religions, we so quickly divert to this idea of God out there and us down here. And we often feel as if we're some sort of chess pieces in God's grand game of the universe and he's just moving us around and for some of us that works out good and for others of us it doesn't work so good but that's the concept of God out there and so often we want to say well Christianity especially modern evangelical Christianity we don't serve a God out there but if you really think about what you've learned over your time if you've been in evangelical Christianity you can see quite a bit of logic for still seeing that as the God out there construct. And one point in particular is really the whole idea of hell, that we have a God out there that somehow has some sort of system in place and he's looking down on us deciding who's going to get to go to paradise or who's going to be tormented forever in hell, (laughs) which again, I could go there right now. I'm not going to go there right now. But if you want to hear more about that, just look back a little bit in this podcast. I believe it was this past summer. We did two episodes on it. One was called What the Hell? And the other one was called The Last Word, which also included our friend Brian McLaren. But the idea of God with us is still a bit foreign. We don't think it is, but it really is if you look at kind of the theology that a lot of Christianity promotes and also other world religions promote. So this idea of God being with us, absolutely revolutionary because here's why it is. Because if we believe that God is with us, then we also understand that we are with him, which is equally important because if we are with God, then we are truly a part of God's work on this earth. If it's God up there somewhere making all the shots, calling everything that's happening, then we're just some sort of pawn in his game. But if God is with us and we are with God, then we have some sort of active part of God's work on this earth. And that is way more exciting to me. So it's not about God having it all figured out and just moving us around. This idea of God being with us is unbelievable. If we are a part of this all, then we have to ask the question. So every question leads to another question, doesn't it? So if indeed God is with us and we are with God and we're a part of this grand adventure here on earth, then we have to realize that everything we do, how we care for people, how we love for people and things around us, all of that suddenly matters a great deal. I hope you are following. Hang in there. The good stuff is coming. So if God is with us and we are with God, and if what we do, how we care and love for those around us, if that really honestly matters in this world, which I believe with all my heart that it does, then 
we have to ask ourselves, how can we change our view of celebration in this Christmas season to reflect a God with us and a us with God and everybody around us being really important and what we do mattering a great deal. Well, one of the biggest challenges this year, but I would argue anytime, but one of the biggest challenges that we've had this year with the COVID crisis, the pandemic, is that we have had this inability to just be with each other, right? It just hurts not being able to be with other people. Many of us just finished, well, probably all of us, just finished up a Thanksgiving celebration that included less people around the table this year than we were used to. I know my family did. It was a really special time, but it definitely was different. But every time we encounter a struggle, and my goodness, have we had so many struggles this year. Every time we encounter a struggle, we also have the opportunity to find a great opportunity. Within struggle, there always is opportunity. And you can spin that however you want to. But what we've discovered this year, I think, and maybe I'll just speak for myself, what I've discovered this year is that I just miss being around people. And those of you who have met me or know me on any personal level can understand that that's pretty profound because you know that I'm fairly introverted at heart. So if this introvert is missing people, that is definitely saying something. We have been disconnected from togetherness. And togetherness is so important. And I think we've also discovered that being disconnected from being together has caused us to understand how we have taken togetherness for granted. Okay, here's my thought on how we can take that desire for togetherness, the fact that we're missing it so much and we know that we need it, and we can move that into this holiday season, this Christmas season, focusing less on how Jesus was born and more on the fact that he came down here to represent God with us and togetherness. Number one, get out your pencil, write it down. Number one, who do you know that is currently feeling extremely alone? Like who are the people that are in the extreme situations? When I say this, I think about people who are elderly or people who are sick. I'm thinking about grandparents. I'm thinking about people who live in senior living homes. I've got a history in my occupation where I worked with prisoners for a long time. So I'm thinking about those who are incarcerated and how lonely they must feel because their loved ones can't visit them right now. And some of them are being quarantined and they're already quarantined in what that must feel like. So who do we know that is currently feeling extremely alone? Where are the extreme cases? And what can I, what can we do to help them feel loved? I'm gonna give you an example. And this example comes from my wife Susie because she's always way better at this stuff than I am. When this pandemic started, one of the things, well, before this pandemic started, one of the things that we loved doing together, and we'll get back to doing together, is we would go into senior living places, specifically with Alzheimer and dementia residents, and we would just play music with them. We learned a whole bunch of like amazing oldies from the 20s all the way up to like the 50s, and we'd have so much fun. 
because a lot of you know that music has this way of not listening to the descending voices of dimension Alzheimer's. And so people who have no language skills can be with us as we're singing and they'll sing every single word of the songs that we're singing. Incredible. I mean, I could go on and on. But obviously when Corona hit, we were no longer allowed to go in those spaces. And it was really hard on us and we were really, really sad about it, still are sad about it. Susie has a great idea. Hey, we've got modern technology. Let's sit down in our living room, do a virtual concert of all the songs that we love singing together, send it to the activity director at a couple of the places that we love to go to so that we can still be together even when we're apart. So that's just one example. But you don't have to go out that big. You could just write letters, good old-fashioned letters. How wonderful would that be? I've been so blessed that you know I've had some inmates that are still incarcerated since I've been a chaplain where I was, some of those inmates have been reaching out to me recently, and that's been a real blessing. So I'm trying to do my part to make sure I'm available when they call or when they write me. You know, you know your life, so you know who is in your life that is in that category. Those people who are obviously feeling extremely alone right now. So just ask yourself the simple question, what is something that you can do? And don't just do it once, do it often. What is something that you can do that would help that person or those people feel loved, valued, and most importantly, help them not to feel alone? So that's number one. Number two, this, this is right close to home. Number two, what can you do with people who are with you on a regular basis to help them feel loved and valued? Again, how can you help the people? This could be your family, friends. What can you do to be with them? You can live in the same house and not feel together. All of us go through those seasons, right? So what are some things that you can do to help your family or those that are close to you feel like you are together and actually be together. Here's an example, again, from my wife. Last year, pre-coronavirus, last year, she makes an advent calendar. You know the advent calendar, you open up each drawer and there's a piece of chocolate in there. She took all the chocolate out, which is questionable at best, but she took out the chocolate and instead put activities in there every single day of advent. So every day of Advent for an entire month, we had an activity to do as a family together, and it was spectacular. Some of them were outdoor activities. Some of them were things that we could do to bless others. Some of them were craft ideas, and we had a blast doing all of them. It was just amazing, and it really created a sense of togetherness amongst our family. So do something crazy and huge like that, or for crying out loud, just Put your cell phone down, put your phone and your tablet down every single evening for the entire month and just see how that increases the feeling of togetherness. Since this COVID shutdown, most of us find ourselves with more time to be on our devices and we're just getting more and more glued to them than we've ever been before because what else do we have to do other than get on social media or check the local sports scores 28,000 times or read every single article that the news has to offer us. So you can just make a plan of like throwing your phone or your tablet in a drawer starting at, you make the time, five o'clock, whatever. But what can you do to make sure that you and those closest to you are truly feeling together. If you don't do meals together, maybe just do meals together. It could be as simple as that. 
So number one, what can you do for those really feeling alone? Number two, what can you do for those who are closest to you? And number three, what can you do to feel and be more connected to God. And I know when I say that, I cringe a little bit because you're probably thinking, oh great, I need one more person in this world to tell me I'm not a good enough Christian and I need to read my Bible more or have more consistent quiet times. (laughs) I'm not saying that at all. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that is not what we stand for at all. That's not what I'm saying. I would never do that to you, I promise. So instead, think about... Whatever it is that makes you feel the most connected to the world around you. And then do more of that. Because whatever makes you feel connected to the world around you, since God is with us, then you are also more connected to the divine just by engaging in that thing that makes you feel connected to this world. For me, it's just being outside in nature. It could be walking, biking, cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, whatever. Anything outside I'm in. And when I'm out there, I feel alive. I feel clarity that I can't get anywhere else. And I just feel like I'm a part of all of that nature. And it makes me feel so connected and so together with the divine, so connected to God. Maybe for you, I don't know. Maybe you're an artist and painting or drawing does that for you. Or maybe you're a musician and playing an instrument or singing makes you feel that connection to everything around you. Or maybe you just love music and just closing your eyes and listening to those songs that really touch you in a beautiful way. Maybe that connects you. Maybe you're the kind of person that loves animals and they just allow you to feel connected. So playing with animals or caring for animals does it for you. Whatever it is. Spend more time doing more of it so you can experience togetherness and the kind of togetherness that Jesus and Christmas represent. Ah, doesn't that sound nice? Just focusing this year on togetherness and hoping that that will pour over into the coming year. All right, friends, a final word before we close up. This is a time of year when joy is shoved down our throats, whether we want it or not. For many of us, we love that. But for a lot of people, Christmas represents deep sadness as they realize who is no longer together with them this Christmas. So the lack of togetherness can make the holiday season really challenging to a large demographic of people all around us. These are people who have lost mothers, fathers, children, spouses, friends, and loved ones who used to be the people that made Christmas so special, but now just leave this wide gaping hole in their heart and in their soul. So as you go around celebrating the holidays this year, be mindful and aware there's so much hurt in this world and we have to be aware that it's there so that we are not just trouncing all over somebody that's hurting a great deal. 
Now we're going to talk about this a lot more next week. So I'm just going to leave it at that. So next week we have the great opportunity to talk once again, this will be her third time on the podcast. We're going to talk to pastor, advocate, author, and dear, beautiful friend, Kathy Escobar, who this year will be experiencing her second Christmas without one of her children. Until then, keep togetherness in your heart and keep walking.